This. This. Is URN. Oh, no way. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. That is remarkable. That is one of the greatest catches of all time. This is Sticky Wickets, a full Ashes preview. Now, we know a lot is going on in Nottingham, so we're here, and we're going to continue to broadcast. There will be no live updates on the situation, but we're here for a bit of fun and a bit of cricket chat. So stay tuned, 11 till 1. We have got a full Ashes preview where we're going to break down the more serious side of the game, and we're going to have a 12 till 1, a full Ashes quiz, where there's prizes of cheese straws. Um, they're the only snack I could find in Tesco's this morning. Um... I've got a full studio today. Toby to my left as ever. Toby, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Excited. Big preview here for the Ashes. Mm. Give me a long summer ahead. Well, actually, not only really that long, the Ashes. All crammed into but then we're a few weeks. We've got the whole exciting hundred to go. Exactly. How exciting is that? Um, we've also got Luke, one of the more elder statesmen of Sticky Wickets now, it's fair to say. Luke, how are you? Uh, yeah, fine. I don't like being called that, though. What, the elder statesman? No, it feels scary now. Um, we're joined by one of the younger statesmen, shall we say? Um, Jemima. Jemima, how are you? Brilliant, mate. Technically, one she's, of the older persons. Yeah, she's so. older than you. No, but yeah. she, no, no, but like in terms of coming on stage, <laughs> wickets. I'm, I'm technically a fresher though. For no, true. Yeah. She's a fresher. Um, she's a rookie. What do we describe? Debut. Debut. Yeah, inaugural. Inaugural bilateral. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna have a full Ashes breakdown. Can we have some early thoughts on the Ashes? 2019, four years ago, 2-2, then a 4-0 drubbing down in Australia a few years ago, and England are revitalised, but do you think basketball will save England? Very quickly, uh, Toby, yes or no? Uh, I'm predicting 6-0. 6-0, I like it. I haven't seen one of those since 1960. <laughs> um, Jemima, are you excited for this Ashes? I'm very excited. I'm quite like, it's going to be a good summer, I think. It is going to be a fantastic summer. The men's and women's Ashes all going on and Luke for a bit of Billy balance uh, are you pessimistic as I am? Uh, well seen the game the other day a little bit yeah This This is URN You're listening to University Radio Nottingham this is Sticky Wicket where we're going to be building up to the ashes that start on Thursday everyone we're very excited in the studio now Toby is looking to go into a career in broadcasting he needs to improve his voice has been often said on the podcast he needs to sound more professional so toby would you like to read out the australia squad before we build up to the australian perspective please okay so captain side pat cummins vice captain steve smith wicket keepers will be alex carey josh inglis and jimmy pearson cam green marcus harris josh hazelwood travis head scott boland Usman kawaja marnus labashane nathan lyon Mitchell Marsh, Todd Murphy, Matt Renshaw, Mitchell Stark, David Warner. It is a very good side, Jemima. Is there any names, bar the obvious two of Labashane and Smith, that you're particularly scared of this summer? Stark. Yes. Always Stark. Stark's always going to be a scary one for me, I can't lie. Uh, Luke, who is striking fear into your heart, or are you just very much accepting that we're going to lose? I think Travis Head's done all right recently. Mm. Um, yeah, probably him. I think he's one of their most informed batsmen at the moment. Travis Head scored a fantastic... It was 147 at the Oval for the World Test Champions, uh, for the World Test Championship final at the Oval. 147 against a very strong Indian lineup. Did worry me a little bit, Toby, the form Australia going into it. Just coming off the back of almost a warm-up test for the Ashes. In fantastic form, and Travis Head seems to be the pinnacle of their batting at the moment. Yeah, he's been phenomenal for the whole Test Championship cycle as well. He's been really, really good started. Well, last Ashes, basically, yeah. where he dominated us. He clawed it back when they were they lost a few early wickets and Travis Head went and scored a 
rapid 100 against us. Mm. Um, and he's not really looked back since. Considering before that, particularly last time they came over here, 2019, mm. he struggled quite a lot mm. uh, alongside sort of a lot of the other left-handers, David Warner, mm. um, Marcus Harris, etc. So it'll be interesting to see maybe back in England, get, obviously Stuart Broad likely going to play, who is an <laughs> unbelievable exponent of the wobble mm. ball against those left, left-handers. So I think it... It'll be interesting to see if he can keep up his good form, but he will be playing in the basketball way, so it'll be yeah. an interesting seeing it on the mm. other side and how we might fare against it. I think that's the exciting balance of this series. John, one thing I noticed about Travis Head is that he didn't seem very comfortable against the short ball in, against India. With England's bowling, do you think we'll be able to exploit that or do you think we don't quite have the pace? I think we've got the pace. It's just whether they're actually going to explore different types but I mean they always explore different types of balls but keeping mm. it short like it's not really one for a test match mm. I don't know it's not a ball for a test match but hopefully they might mm. you know I, I, I think Travis Head is only one aspect of this obviously Marlon Slabashane he's been batting fantastically uh, at Glamorgan I believe um, he's been so good struggles for Steve Smith down in Sussex that's actually quite hard to say um, it's <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how those two come back for their second Ashes series in the form they were in from 2019. Luke, Pat Cummins has a lot in his hands, but do you think his batting lineup is rel- relatively strong? Yeah, I think we, I think it is. Obviously, I think it's a, probably a bit stronger than ours. Well, I think to Australia on the whole, probably a bit more stronger than us. And mm. um, that's why they won the Test Championship. Um, I, th- I think he'll, he'll be very confident going into this match. Mm. Toby, Steve Smith. He is the sort of, he's almost become Shane Warne or Glenn McGrath-like, but with the bat, for the sheer mythology around him, he's dominated the English psyche for four years now. What do you think his series will be like? I mean, going to be good, isn't he? Can't, <laughs> he? He can't not be. Even if it's only one or two games where he might score some big runs, he is going to score runs against us no matter what. And obviously there was a lot of chat before the summer about how he was joining Sussex and getting practice there. Realistically, I don't think that was going to make much of a difference. And if anything, it might have hindered him a little bit with the number of dodgy calls he got in LBW shouts, <laughs> where I don't know if actually any of them were necessarily out. So do you think we set uh, the, the umpiring community against Steve Smith? I don't think they're for Steve Smith. Let's put it that Let's way. Put it, I like yeah. that. Um, Jemima, Steve Smith, will he be the... Sorry. Will he be the series' leading run scorer? Ooh... That's a question, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I've sort of put you on the spot there. But yeah. it, is a, it is a valid question. What it are your thoughts? I, I like to hope not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I want to see I want to see Ben Duckett do well, personally. Mm. So, But, you know, he's he's always been a good batsman. And it's I'm really annoying how you're good g- he is. You're going so. very politician on this answer. I need a firm yes or no, Jemima Green, no. the MP. No. Interesting. Well, statistically, that's not a bad shout, because there's going to be what... 21 other players <laughs> hopefully that, could outscore that him. and the umpires actually might be on our side exactly. have well. ever scored the most? They are, no but they were our third oh. highest scorer in 2021 like the whole calendar year oh goodness me uh, Luke Marnus Labashane has been one of the aspects of this growth in Australian cricket do you think there's a bit more pressure on him this series do you think he'll be able to react to that? yeah well, I think there obviously will be a bit more pressure going on to him because like Last Ash's uh, series, he didn't really have any pressure on him. I think was it, was it last series he came in for Steve Smith? Yeah, the first concussion yeah, sub in cricket. He just came out of nowhere, and people didn't really expect to, for, for him to be that mm. good. You thought, oh, Steve Smith's gone, that's a win, mm. and then it turned out not to be. Has, um, any, 
Yeah. So I think he's definitely coming in with more pressure, but I think he can definitely handle it. Has anyone watched the second series of The Test? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What was he like? Because when he first came in the first series of The Test, you could tell he's a bit sort of in awe of Steve Smith and he's sort of, how do we put this? He's a bit of a younger brother vibe to him. Oh, completely, completely. Is that is that maintained? A little bit. Interesting. I think as Nathan Lyon says says that when he first came in, yeah. uh, Marcel Abishain was basically just following Steve Smith around, like holding onto his pocket, like if you've ever <laughs> seen Prison Break. Um, and kind of just, yeah, for, like trying to learn as much as he could from Steve Smith and like just being there in, in awe of him, as you say. Mm-hmm. Second series, Nathan Lyon makes the comment that it's almost flipped. And like oh, yeah. Steve Smith needs like leads his bunny, needs someone following him around to sort of help him a little bit. And Mars mm-hmm. Labuschagne's almost more, they're almost sort of more level pegging, I think. Oh, that's, that's sweet. They could be a real problem for England. One player I'm not worried about, if one player plays, and I think we all know who we're talking about, Stuart Broad could get David Warner out again and again and again, like he did in 2019. David Warner only had single figures in as an average in the last English Ashes. Toby, are you scared of him at all at the moment? A, a little. I think you can't ever rule him out. And obviously yeah. he's quite old. He's retiring possibly over Christmas um, against Pakistan at ASCG, if he makes it that far. Yeah, if he makes it. Um, but I think one thing that's always quite interesting is as sort of his years are great of the game and you can't argue that 10 years ago he was phenomenal mm. um, as they get older their consistency always drops mm. but they still can have those performances like you think back when Ricky Ponting was sort of playing just before he retired mm. was pretty poor in that final Ashes series but did manage to score mm. some big runs mm. every so often and I think that's the one risk with David Warner is he's going to probably get out fairly cheaply mm. but there will be times where he will just he could very easily put in just a phenomenal performance get a Mm. quick 50 somewhere where the pass scores 200 and then that's easily could push mm. Australia ahead in that game and that then puts Steve Smith and Labuschagne on a firmer setting exactly. where they're not coming in 20 for 2 so they're coming in 100 for 2 and that is a little bit worrying I think the best chance England have is by just rolling and getting on momentum a Stuart Broad knees pumping spell if you know what I mean um, Jemima David Warner he's sort of been our generation's Sort of, I don't know how to put this. He's been a bit like Adam Gilchrist in a way for the previous generations, where he'd come in and slaps and runs. Do you think this is sort of his last saloon? This is his last major moment. Do you think we might, he might sort of come out as a caged animal? And with the backs, with everyone turning his back on him, do you think this might be his big moment? You'd like to think he would like go out with a bang, mm. obviously, because it is David Warner for like. He, I think mm. he's absolute legend of the game. So. But um, yeah, I, I'd like to hope he he really like takes on every opportunity he gets given in this uh, Ashes. Mm. As much as you know, I don't want him, don't want them to win, obviously. But yeah, I want him to do well. Um, Luke David Warner, he is a horrible, horrible Australian, but apparently quite a nice guy. I've had family members who've been who've met him at children's hospitals, and he was a cracking bloke. But unfortunately, on the pitch, he is that pantomime villain. Do you think he might try and? overdo it this series because it's his last one and try and take some of the pressure off maybe someone like Pat Cummins or Steve Smith No, I think all the pressure's on him because mm. it's his last series so mm. I think Stuart Broad will, can definitely do some damage to him because if, if he's thinking oh it's my last ashes he, he's going to have all that pressure on him it's all going to be in his head as well mm. and it, Stuart Broad lives in there rent free so I mean it's I think it's pretty encouraging for England that David Warner's on the way out anyway mm. well I heard an interview with Michael Atherton where he said it was so difficult to face Glenn McGrath 
after he knew that Glenn McGrath felt that confidence as soon as he saw uh, Michael Atherton come into bat. And you could say the same for Stuart Broad, who has had a lot more going on this year. He's rebuilding his pub. He's just had a baby. So maybe we might need to relax on Broadie's own pressure. Um, the spinning option, Nathan Lyon for Australia. It's quite exciting. He hasn't said anything too drastic this year. He hasn't wanted to end anyone's careers. Yet. 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 Nathan Lyon, for all those new cricket fans, has never been a massive fan of the English, shall we say. Toby, how scared are you of that? They've got a very good spinner, haven't they? And I'm not sure we do. No, it, well, we'll, we'll come <laughs> on to that in the second half, yeah. I'm sure. I think, interestingly, with Nathan Lyon, and actually, you could argue alongside it, Cam Green almost will help Nathan Lyon's chances. Mm. Normally, Nathan Lyon will have to come on first change mm. because they only have the three seamers. And would therefore, especially early on, would just play a containing role and would play it phenomenally well. But with Cam Green, it might almost allow him to be a bit more attacking where possible mm. as they don't have to rely on him to hold up one end for basically a whole day every time they bowl. Mm. They can rely on, first of all, Cam Green. And also they've got a lot of depth in their seam attacks. So they can mm. rotate through. Um, like so Scott Boland might not even start. Michael Neese has been doing phenomenally well mm. um, in the county championship. And Sean Abbott for Surrey as well, I think, as a sort of what, sixth option, seventh mm. option, is, is great to have really. The fast bowling aspect, Jemima, is something I'm a little bit worried about. You mentioned Mitchell Stark. What is it about him for new cricket fans that who maybe haven't seen him or haven't seen him in English conditions make that really brings the fear of God into you about him? Uh, it, he's always been and like I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, he's always been just an amazing bowler, and you know. Especially in like dry English conditions, that that are gonna be dry English conditions. They're gonna he's really gonna thrive in those um on those pitches, which is mm. unfortunate. But Mitchell Stark is just he's just a great player. It's really it's really yeah. difficult. He's so so exciting to watch when he bowls. He does yeah. have a lot of pace and he does get the ball moving. Um, we've just. Toby's showing me a statistic. Toby, would you like to explain the statistic? Because I can't read that. So it's, <laughs> it's looking at the World Test Championship leading wicket-takers mm. of, of the, well, the, the series that just happened, the season just gone. Uh, Nathan Lyon is top of it. Mm. Uh, 88 wickets, averages 26. Obviously helped being playing in, in, in India and yeah. uh, in, in Asia quite a lot. Uh, James Anderson is in there fourth. Uh, 58 wickets at 20.37 average. Uh, and then Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark are just below. And even Jack Leach is in there, 48 wickets. We'll come on to the discussions of Jack Leach and England after we continue a little bit of talk about the Australians. We will focus on England. And following at 12, we have a full Ashes quiz. Uh, Luke, Pat Cummins, the first Australian fast bowler to be captaining for a very, very long time. Uh, we'll look into that. We'll get our sticky wicket elves to find out the answer to that. How difficult is that going to be? Not only bowling long, hard like overs and spells but then having to captain as well yeah it's a bit of an odd one you don't really see fast bowlers becoming captains it's usually well, batsmen or wicket keepers really into it mm. um, so I mean has, has he been captain before for his um, state size I don't think he has or he's had very minimal experience so it's just based on his experience mm. at the Australian cricket team then that he's got this captaincy mm. then yeah, it seems was, I think he was really the only viable option. You can't put Tim Steve Smith or no. Warner, Tim Patton's gone. But do you think maybe his tactical nous, we saw it with Tim Payne at Headingley, it can get Australia into trouble. Do you think that's maybe something Ben Stokes will have to attack with the basball mentality? Just attack Cummins and see how that affects the rest of the team. I think they'll definitely go at it, and, and particularly with 
the basketball style as you mentioned there if they can get the rate up really high and, and hit Nathan Lyon out the attack say that's quite a key part as to the way Pat Cummins has sort of tried to set up his side at the moment having Nathan Lyon hold down an end which they've done for the past decade basically if they can hit him out the attack or hit one of the other bowlers out the attack um, and just basically go f- get get flying then it'll be very hard to see and actually interestingly maybe Steve Smith might come more into it as there are times where it almost looks like Steve Smith is captaining as much as Pat yeah. Cummins in, in under circum situ- circumstances Starters, yeah. <laughs> this this is URN you're listening to Sticky Wickets from University Radio Nottingham this will be a podcast so if you've missed the first 20 minutes you'll be able to hear everything we're talking about the Ashes it is an Ashes preview everyone is very excited in the studio we've just talked about the Australians but now it's time to move on to England being brought to you by Basball I'm a little bit worried about how everyone's bigging up Basball and Sky Sports saying beware England it is a very anticipated Ashes but do you think Jemima, this sort of beware England might come to bite us on our behinds. I feel like the more you hype stuff up like that, in that kind of way, you're definitely trying to, you know, <laughs> put us in the mud, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, we need to make sure we all tap wood today, just to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> touch but on wood, obviously. But the beware, beware England, Luke, I know we're both the most pessimistic cricket fans mm-hmm. out there, but it does seem like we're begging for something to go wrong don't doesn't it or, or, or am I just being so pessimistic it's beyond even you well I, I think there's a bit more pressure on us this year than there usually is because let's be honest most of the time we have no expectation and yeah. now there's a lot more expectation because we've won how, is it like 10 and 11 or whatever um, <coughs> so yeah I think the media obviously does what the media does and gets into the players heads um, like it usually does uh, and yeah I, I do think it's, there's a lot more pressure on England this year and you, you can see it all go wrong Yeah, but it, you can also see it go right too I think that's why it's so anticipated there's no clear narrative because it can either go down these two massive T-junctions either it's going to be smash 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 for England or it's going to be a crash disaster Toby is this the most anticipated Ashes you can remember? Yeah yeah I think so I think a lot of Ashes are all wait are always going to be anticipated mm. realistically. I think this one, probably because, partly the Aussies were the champ- mm. test champions, they've always got a great side, mm. and it's also going to be a, a last Ashes, or England Ashes, mm. for most of their team. Like mm. Steve Smith's in his 30s, Mitch Stark, Josh Hazelwood, coming back in four years, maybe one or two might, David mm. Warner, yeah. um, a lot of them are going to probably not come back to England. So they obviously are going to be desperate to win it. Mm. The English obviously don't want to let the Aussies retain another Ashes yeah. in a row. Um, considering what that's, this would be the fourth time they'd have retained it. But we haven't won since 2015. So yeah, yeah, so since then, basically, which obviously isn't great. We obviously didn't lose in 2019, and we could have maybe done a bit better. But mm. even that last um, that last match at the Oval, you could tell the Aussies were weren't that fast about winning that. And which I thought off. was really strange, considering they haven't won here since 2001. And that pressure but they hadn't retained here either. No, that is a fair yeah. point. But I think if you want to win it, you'd rather rather win, win it, it than yeah, definitely. Draw, score draw it's really interesting and for my two cents I think it's a fascinating Ashes and the fact we've got two really high standard teams here is superb I can't think of the last time probably since 2005 two teams either one or two in the test rankings or essentially the test rankings it is fantastic and we need to make sure everyone is watching the men's and women's Ashes of course the women's Ashes starts uh, at Trent Bridge later in June just whilst people are here 
It's, I can't remember the exact date, we'll find out, but the tickets are very available. 21st to the 26th. And one thing we should say, as cricket fans, we do need to make sure everyone is watching as much cricket as possible, because this is a big summer for the ECB, and Toby's raising his hand. So about the women's ashes, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but the, I looked at the ticket pricing because I want to go. From what I can see, it's cheaper to go to the women's test match, the ashes, the, one of the biggest events in world cricket, than a men's county championship game. Oh. That, I think that summarises two problems. That, but I'd say English women's cricket is growing, and it's the first time they're playing at a major stadium. For the, so that is fantastic, and I think they're encouraging more people to go, which is good ticket Def- pricing. Definitely, yeah. But the county prices are somewhat ridiculous at the moment. I wanted to go to see Trent, uh, go to Trent Bridge, just for like a session. Games going twenty quid for a student. It's astounding. Leicestershire went there um, much better. Eight quid for students. The pricing of these ashes is slightly worrying and the fact it's behind Sky is something that does need to be talked about. But there are free BBC highlights throughout as well as YouTube highlights, as well as Sticky Wickets will give regular podcasts as well, as well as a few reels and memes. But Toby really wants to hammer home. Another, another one. <laughs> I, well, I think possibly, knowing Ash Sky are quite good at it as well, mm. they often give away World Cup finals or whatever yeah. it might be to the BBC. If it comes down to the final... Test match. There might, there's hope maybe that it gets put on mm. BBC or mm. Channel Four or Five or wherever it might be. Maybe even if it's just the fifth day, I could see them doing something like that. Fifth days would be fantastic. If it's like two all, fifth day, fourth day, even, mm. and it's looking like it might be getting down to going down to the wire, I could see Sky doing something like that. And if if they haven't thought about it, it's something they probably should do. Can I tempt you a little bit, Toby? Yes. Day five of the Edgbaston Test. There are still tickets available. Mm. There are still tickets available for day one. If you pay 167 in the seat unique, so it's it's like VIP. Oh, fairness, okay, okay. Which I'm fine with that being pricey, yeah. but similar prices at Lords for a day at cricket, it's not good. But what we always want at Sticky Wickets is to get people involved in the game, and if that's watching, whether that be, please do make an effort. Send this pe- Ooh. send people this podcast. It's quite hard to speak today. It's quite hot. I'm going to blame it on, but yes, it's very exciting. Ashes, and one thing that is so exciting is the batting. And also the bowling, and no one encapsulate that quite like Ben Stokes, who, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen bowl on video this week. How exciting is that? Toby, Ben Stokes is the sort of enigma of this team. Is he going to bowl? Is he going to make it through five tests? I want to hear everyone's thoughts on this, but we'll start with Toby. I think he, I think he will bowl. Hmm. I think, depending on how much he bowls, will suggest the state of the test match. Hmm. I, don't, I think if England are on top and, and doing fine... I think it's very likely Ben Stokes will not bowl many overs. Maybe a few spells here and there. However, if we're getting absolutely battered or we need to break a partnership between um, Smith and Labuschagne or whatever it might be, I could see Ben Stokes pulling out some extremely long spells, trying to get these wickets, trying to put pressure back on the Aussies um, and sort of leading from the front where, where possible. But I also think he'll likely try and be sort of the fifth bowler rather than the fourth mm. um, where possible to, to just make sure his knee stays fit for the whole series. Uh, do you remember that test? Uh, it was Headingley and everyone forgets this magnificent spell he put in. I think on the end of day two after we'd just been bowled out very quickly um, or day three, no, day, day two, day two. And he just put himself over and over and over. And it turns out it's like toe was bleeding. He puts himself through for that team. He's a magnificent competitor. Do you mind know what is your thoughts on Ben Stokes' current health situation? It's sort of like Wayne Rooney and Euro 2006 with his, or World Cup 2006 with his Achilles. What is happening with Ben Stokes? Do you think he'll play all five tests? Uh, 
I think he'll play. I think he will play all five tests, knowing knowing him. Like mm. he'll put him, as you said, he'll put himself through that because it, just for the team. But I agree with Toby. Like I, I think he's gonna be the fifth bowler. I, I and I think he's only gonna kind of put himself as a bowler in like those dire situations like when you, they need just like a, like a new person bowling or mm. like I think it's just going to depend on the situations of the the Ashes really Luke Ben Stokes he as much as we love him and we think he's made of granite he is only human and he puts himself so much through this is going to be a huge mental test for him as well as physical test what do you think it's going to take from him? Uh, a lot of Anti-pain relief. <laughs> sort of like Freddie Flintoff in 2009? Probably, yeah. It's, it's going to be a tough one for him. Um, I worry for him as well, because is he going to push his body to the, the, the absolute limit mm. for the team and the long-term repercussions of that as well? Because he hasn't bowled for ages, has he? And mm. again, I think hopefully he only does it in the dire situations, like Jemima said, but I don't know. I, I, can, I can see if, if one of... One of the fast bowlers is like off the game. I think Stokes will just put himself there because again he's a captain of the team, and he he represents the team really. Mm. And yeah, against Ireland he became the first Test captain to neither bat, bowl, or take a wicket in the field and win a Test match, which is quite incredible. Um, we have found the full women's Ashes schedule, and this is very exciting. So the Ashes starts for the women on the twenty sixth or twenty uh, second of June at Trent Bridge. Then it goes to the 1st of July where England take on Australia in the first of three T20s at Edgbaston. Then on Wednesday the 5th of June they go to the Oval. Saturday the 8th of July, sorry, they go to Lords. Wednesday the 12th they go to Bristol, which I'll hopefully be going to, for the first of three ODIs. Then they're off to the Rose Bowl in Southampton on the 16th of July. And Tuesday the 18th is the final game at Taunton. We will be covering that as much as we can. Uh, but obviously, the men's ashes is going on. We, we're a bit more confident on what to talk about that. But we will be encouraging as many people to go to the women's ashes and support the girls. One thing I've really loved about the ashes this summer is the sort of advertising the ECB have put on. And they're very interchangeable, the men and the women's clips. Jemima, how important is this summer for women's cricket as well? Well, I think it's so important I think the team they've put out for the test is amazing and I think I think it's just going to be a great summer for women's cricket for once I think Izzy Wong has also put out a few things she's getting into the spirit of very sort of Glenn McGrath or Stuart Broad of we're going to oh let's see how they're like without Meg Lanning it is so interesting to see this Ashes series can we have any early predictions from you it's, it's difficult because we have lost to Australia multiple times before mm. but I think I think I'm always optimistic with mm. England in both teams so I'd say I'm hoping I don't even know it is it's <laughs> so tight to call especially with them losing Australia losing their star player Toby uh, any predictions for this series I think it's going to be really tight I think it's going to depend on the first test mm. and well the only test yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's England's best chance of getting a win we saw the last Ashes down under in Australia England were one wicket, but also mm. what five runs away from winning that first test, which could have changed the script. It's obviously worth a lot more than all of the other the ODIs and the T20s as well, mm. uh, points-wise. So I think that could be quite key. If they can start well, and the Aussies maybe struggle a little bit without Meg Lanning, mm. um, I think it's, it's, a, it's Healy, I think, keeping and mm. captaining. Yeah, which is a lot um, on anyone. Yeah, and it means she's not opening the batting either. Mm. 
um, and will therefore slide down. So they're going to have to have quite a bit of a reshuffle mm. just from losing one player, which will be quite an interesting, um, interesting to see how they deal with it. But it's worth noting that the Australian women are one of the great sides in world sport at the moment, double world champions in T20 and ODI cricket with six games played uh, of the sort of inter-format series, it's fair to say, where all the games add up to a larger score, unlike the Ashes where it's only the five tests for the men's. It's going to be a fantastic series and we will be covering that. This, this is University Radio Nottingham. You're listening to Sticky Wickets on University Radio Nottingham. Now, this is a two-part special. Coming up after 12 o'clock, we have a full Ashes quiz. And to join us for that and the rest of this show is Charlotte. Charlotte, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. You've just come from an exam. I have, yeah. How did it go? Mm, it went great. Would you say it's going to go better than the Ashes series for the men or worse than the Ashes series for the men? Oh, it was definitely worse than the Ashes. The ashes, okay, so you're quite positive going into this, yeah, or very negative about your exam. <laughs> <laughs> could be both, could be mm. both. Um, we're going to talk about England's opening situation, the spinner crisis, as well as a little bit more chat about who will be that third seamer or who might even be that second seamer because there's a lot of debate raging around sticky wickets towers. Uh, we had figure it out, and uh, what was the previous should one? Should I stay or should I go? Both that, about Zach Crawley, yeah, very interesting. Where do you stand on him, Toby, as England's opening bat? Um, I don't think he'll last the series and I don't think he should last the series mm. uh, actually no I'll change that I don't think he should last the series but I think he will last the series mm. because Ben Stokes is so positive that he's just going to hope for one moment as that Crawley will score 150 when England score 600 and he'll look amazing again except he won't and <laughs> it'll all be a ruse Yeah, I don't think he should really be in the side at the moment but then also I don't think there's necessarily anyone particularly an opener in county cricket banging down the door mm. um, you've obviously got sort of Josh Bohannon Sam Hain um, a few others sort of around who are scoring a lot of runs but at numbers three and four who might be an option to maybe slide up the order in a very basketball kind of way mm. um, so it'll be interesting to see well yeah I guess what happens to Zach Crawley mm. um, let's go to Charlotte on this your first question your debut question on the Ashes preview is this going to be too much of an ask for Zach Crawley is there just too much pressure against him would you say yeah, probably, especially with all the stuff in the media and stuff. It, yeah, probably quite a lot of pressure on him. There's so much on him right now. Jemima, Ben Duckett, on the other hand, Nottingham's own, has been in fantastic form going into this series. He might be England's opening batsman for the whole series, and what's your aspects on him? Uh, I think he's going to thrive, personally. Mm. I think he's had so much practice recently, especially against Ireland. Had a yeah. great time, didn't he? But I think I think he's going to thrive, and I really hope he does, just because I think he, he kind of deserves it for the way he's been batting recently. Mm. Uh, Luke, in 2015 it was, and 2013, less so, it sort of became a joke that uh, England would be 30 for three every time. Do you think this the sort of opening sort of segment of England's uh, batting lineup will be able to sort of hold the Australian quicks? No. Wonderful. That was um, <laughs> nice and brief. But surely, who's coming in at number three? Is it going to be Root? I can't. Ollie Pope, it'll be. Ollie Pope, who has been sensational. Duckett, Pope, then Root. Uh, Root four, yeah. And um, Root, first Ashes without being captain for a while, since 2015, probably. Last time we won. Yeah, last time we won. Maybe that's a sign. He has got to really shine here. He hasn't had a good Ashes, didn't have a good Ashes series in 2019 or 2016, since 17. 2015, probably no. has been his last good, like, 
like really good Ashes. And series. he won the Miller Compton Medal then. Do you think Toby will see Root back at his finest in Ashes cricket? I'd like to say yes, particularly in England, because he's obviously mm. not scored Nash's hundreds uh, in Australia. So it'll be interesting to see maybe if he can sort of finally score one. Well, since twenty, I, he must have scored one last time out. Mm. I don't know if he did though. I'm not yeah. sure. I can't remember if he scored yeah. Nash's hundred, but I think he. I think he mm. hopefully will be back on form. I think it also it should help that he'll ha- hopefully have some other batsman scoring mm. runs around him, unlike. The last Ashes, where and it was Ashes, just him, yeah, just and him. Even the Ashes before it was him and Stokes, and that was yeah. it. Um, it would be actually quite interesting to see who's Englishman who've got a, an, an Ashes century. It would probably be Cook. Would be in the last five. Cook got two hundred and forty-four in, in twenty sixteen. Stokes obviously got a couple. Yeah, and Bairstow got one at Lords in the rained out test. Yes, he did. Um, this is, this is that, sorry, this, we're going very niche on this, but it's not that many. And it's nice to see that we've got Pope. We've maybe got Bairstow. We don't have folks, which is something quite interesting. And we're going to ask the effect of not having folks on Bairstow. Toby Reynolds is the official downer on Johnny Bairstow. And I'm the official downer on Moeen Ali. Moeen Ali coming to the squad as a replacement for Jack Leach. She's got a stress fracture. We'll come on to him a bit later. Johnny Bairstow taking the gloves up. I want to hear your official thoughts, Toby. So this is an official statement from T. Reynolds Industries. I am excited because I think batting at seven could suit his game a little bit. Obviously, it's different batting at seven, batting at five. Very, quite a different way you have to go about it, batting with a tail rather than mm. other batsmen. But I think he is quite suited to it being mm. such an aggressive batsman. However, the one stat that kind of will come, I think, could come back to is he's never scored a hundred in Test cricket after keeping. Mm. So he's only ever when he's got the gloves. If England bowl first, he's never scored a hundred in that match. Mm. And if England bat first, he's only scored hundreds in the first innings. Mm. And then after keeping, has never scored a hundred. So it might be interesting to see maybe how much of an effect that will have on him. And he might prove everyone wrong, because under Stokes, obviously, last summer, he was extraordinary. He was unbelievable. You can't deny yeah. it. However, as much as you have tried. Exactly. <laughs> Other than between that and 2016, though, he basically didn't score any runs. Mm. Um, a few, like 100 here, 100 there, maybe. Mm. Um, but over a five-year, six-year period... He should. Everyone was hoping he'd have done a lot more in that time, but I think if Stokes can get him back near anywhere the form he was last summer, then I think, well, rightfully so, he'll probably be one of England's best players. Besto is often sort of seen as the figurehead alongside Ben Stokes as Basball and Steve Smith had come out and said Basball's not been played against anyone bowling ninety miles an hour plus. Charlotte and Jemima, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Will England be able to? hit through the pace or is it just going to be that little bit too much sorry I sort of split it between you because you were sharing the same microphone let's go Jemima first um, say the question again Will the, <laughs> do you think Australians pace lineup will be too much for Basball I don't think it will I, I'm going to be positive and say I think we have strong batsmen bar Zach Crawley we have <laughs> strong batsmen um, and I think they know pace themselves, so I don't, I don't know. I think they will do well, but I know they're going to... Sh- I feel like they'll struggle a little bit, obviously, because, you know, Australian pace is absolutely immense, so you can't really do much about that. But I think they'll push against it, hopefully. hopefully. Mm. Charlotte, what's your thoughts? Is the pace going to be too much for basketball? I think no, but yes for a couple of the batters. Okay. So I think Zach Crawley might struggle. 
And I don't, Duckett might struggle as well because he's been outside for so long and he's only just getting back into it. Yeah. You might see him struggle a little bit too. It's so exciting this Ashes series, but let's go to our resident grump uh, in the corner. Luke Green, is this going to be too much? Is the pace going to be too much? And is Steve Smith going to be right? Maybe in the first test, because let's be honest, these, these batsmen haven't been tested in a while. Um, they were against Ireland last week who arguably do not even have a Division 2 bowling attack. Um, I think I think that's probably a fact, actually. And some of our batsmen, not naming any names, didn't do that well. Uh, well, might have done that well. Uh, well, got his average up, but didn't do that well, as you saw all the other batsmen around him um, getting loads more runs. So I think it, it only takes one wicket to start a collapse. Hmm. And Zach Crawley's name's written all over that. I love the positivity. Um, we've got to go over to... We're running out of time here. Uh, Moe Nally has been brought back into the test threshold due to Jack Leach being injured. Uh, we talked a bit about this with Monty Panasar, uh, former England test spinner and Ashes legend. We talked about that on a podcast which is available on Sticky Wickets uh, on Apple and Spotify. Toby, he was quite positive about Moe Nally. Do you share the same positivity going into this series? I do to a certain extent. I think it'll be tough. Obviously, he's not played any first class cricket in two years, and it's very different to bowling sort of four overs, five overs, yeah. and that's all you're doing for a for a match rather than having to bowl all day, try and hold up an end where possible, mm. attacking the sort of fourth innings, which I think he will have to try and get back into. And obviously, he's had a lot of time to prepare over these last couple of weeks, mm. so I think he hopefully will help. And under the Basball and the Stokes leadership. It would hopefully be sort of conducive to, to him doing better than mm. under Root and under Cook, you'd hope. And he does have a very good record, not against Australia. So you'd hope that maybe he can find some of that form. However, he also, as I've just said, mm. doesn't have a good record against Australia. He really does so not. So it could be worrying if he gets, starts to get hit out the attack. Um, he's not got the greatest record against right-handers, so Labuschagne and Smith, and even Travis Heads is very good against spin and very, very aggressive. They, I'm sure we'll all like to, to feast on, on Mo and Ali if he's mm. struggling a bit, can't find his length, and then who knows where he'll go from. However, he has played a lot of high-quality cricket recently. IPL for Chennai Super Kings, uh, World won. Cups. Uh, yeah, exactly. So he's, he's obviously... He's got a champion he, spirit in him, certainly. And I, I just don't think he's got the endurance of a test spinner, personally. And the fact he went from Test cricket to IPL and to T20 and ODI cricket so quickly showed to me that his skills lie in that format. I don't think he's one of those players that could easily adapt. Interestingly, what Monty said on mm. sort of the the podcast we did with him was, when it all comes down to it, you have to have basics to to fall back on. Mm. Monty said it was all about his action. He knew how to do it. It was very smooth, very repeatable. Mo and Ali obviously wasn't really a spinner when he first sort of started out. And grew into it and actually was very impressive for a few years. Mm. It's just whether he will be able to find... Does, does he have the basics to fall back on, which he hasn't necessarily shown for the last two years with no first-class cricket? we still got amazing listenership, so thank you everyone who's tuning in. This will also be available as a podcast. Uh, let's go to Charlotte. Will Marinang play five tests this summer? I don't think he'll play all five. Uh, I think three at the most. Ooh, so by... Is it Old Trafford the fourth test? I think it is. Do you think he'll be gone there? Or? No, I think he'll maybe play the first two, miss the third, and then 
see what happens with the last two. Jemima, is Moeen Ali the right replacement or would you have someone else? I think he's the right replacement. I think, as Sophie said, you know, he, he's had a lot of experience in this before. Mm. And I think if we bring in, in, as much as I'd love to bring in a new spinner, I don't think this is the time, obviously, it's the Ashes. That's a very so good point. You want someone that's already knows how to play the game. And I think he's the, I think he's the perfect replacement. But not, not like in a bad way, obviously. I think Leach is the perfect mm. man for the job. But I think to replace him, I don't think you could have had anyone else. Personally. Luke, there's sort of comparisons between... 2005 with England having a lesser spinner compared to the Australian with Australia keeping Nathan Lyon one of the best bowlers in the world and we're picking up Moeen Ali equivalent to um, oh, I was about to say Garrett Thomas um, no it was Simon Simon Jones spinner yeah, Ashley Giles Ashley Giles wow sorry I do apologise Ashley Giles do you think Moeen will be able to hold an end or do you think this gap in test cricket might be a bit too much for him well uh, when was the last time he played test cricket Two, 2019 against India no, twenty twenty. Wow, twenty twenty one. Just years after ago. COVID, yeah. That's two years ago, and I don't think he's played first class oh, cricket before no. that. Really, it, he hasn't really either. pulled up any trees no. um, it, domestically. Either. Well, he's not played any um, exactly any first and class in the IPL. He didn't do that. Well, he didn't do outstandingly either. Did he? Or the, did he even play in the PSL? Probably not. Um, but it, it's it's a very odd appointment because what's the, what's it tell all these young spinners? But or, I think or even mature spinners who are not 35. Who, so who would the other options be? Because I think realistically you have to have sort of at least test experience to play in an Ashes first. So you're looking there at Jackson, Rian Ahmed, who mm-hmm. are both extremely young, fairly fragile and not necessarily going to hold up an end. And you kind of almost don't know what you're going to get with them. You don't um, know what you're going to get with Ali though. Well, I think you do kind of know what you're gonna get with him if if he, if they can if they can get what they hope to get out of him. Otherwise, Don Best, who has sort of played a few tests a few years ago, but has basically proven that he isn't the spinner yet. Um, otherwise, Liam Dawson, who's not really played any tests. I would rather not play a spinner than play Liam Dawson. They're not necessarily going to play Mo and Ali as well. That's, That's a very thing. good point. Yeah, but we're running slightly low on time. Um, who do you think of fast line? Fast bowling lineup will be for England. Can we just go around everyone and say the three names you think will start? Uh, Luke, Broad, uh, Wood. I don't know. Is Anderson fit? I think so. Likely Anderson, and then Potts probably. We well, got four man team attack. Well, it's better than Mo and No, no Robinson as well. Yeah, oh, maybe, but I don't know. I don't think Tong will will play in the Ashes. Mm. Jemima, who are your three England bowlers? Broad, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'd probably say Potts as well. Um, Wood as well. I, I wouldn't say Anderson because I just like I don't know. I don't think worry about his fitness. Yeah, maybe he's not for the first. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe they'll bring him in later, but I don't know. Charlotte, who's going to be England's three fast bowlers at the first Test match? Broad. Dum dum. Robinson dum, dum. and Potts. No, Jimmy. Interesting. Types. I have, I have no idea right now. I think it will be Jimmy, Robbo, Broad, mm. and they might look to try and sneak Mark Wood in ahead of Ali because it's not. Edgbaston isn't sort of a spin-friendly ground necessarily. Obviously, Lyon took quite a few wickets last time, but that was more the way that we were playing spin rather than the spin itself. So I'd say they, they might not play Ali in the first and look to bring him on later. 
in the in the series as it gets a bit hotter and pictures might start to turn more. Um, and you do have Joe Root as well, who's obviously not by any means like a great spinner, mm. but he is kind of good enough to, Take to bowl a few wickets. overs. Yeah, he's obviously got what a fifer in Test yeah. cricket as well. And he took two important wickets in Lords in 2013. I seem to remember. Yeah, he got Stark and Smith out or something like that. Honestly, it was, I, I think it was even higher than that. It was yeah. quite high up the batting order. Right, we're gonna have to run through everyone's score predictions we will have a full score predictions as well as what we do on every series highest run score etc champagne moment that will all be available on sticky weeks underscore urn i want everyone's series predictions please and i want them to be very honest i don't want to know ums and ahs i want straight down the line there's five test matches who is going to win the men's ashes scoreline please luke yeah, two all two all one drawn uh jemima three one two Three two Us. to England. Charlotte. Three one Oz. This is unreal pos- uh, po- I can't even say it. Positivity. Positivity. <laughs> Toby. I'm gonna let the side down down here. I said two all before, but I think I'm gonna change that to three two to Australia. I'm going to agree with you. On campus and online. 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 This is URN. Let's talk a bit more widely about the Ashes. Toby, why do the Ashes mean so much to everyone? And what are you looking forward to this summer? I don't know why it means so much, really. It's just meh. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I think it's just been the history behind it. It's been going on so long. Also, I think being a five-match series Mm. means that you you have to be fully invested in it as a player, but also as a fan, backroom staff, wherever it might be. Um, and you can't really get away with doing it half-heartedly as shown by the number of times we've lost 4-0 or 5-0 or been battered mm. when we've gone to Australia. So I think it does show that the, and I think the best team will always win mm. in, in a series this long because you can't get away with being like turning up for two games and being good for two games mm. and then rubbish for the rest of it. It is so dramatic. It's such a sort of Shakespearean mano e mano sort of thing you do see rivalries come and go to the length of it charlotte why do you love the ashes it's just just reminds me of the summer really and i think it's it was the ashes that i first got into cricket with Mm. so i've just that kind of yeah it reminds me of the summer and like watching it with my family and just like a family feel to it Mm, totally agree my first memories of watching cricket on the telly is the Monty and Jimmy uh, batting it out at Cardiff. That mm. was so exciting for me at the only age of seven. It just got me hooked and transfixed on Test cricket. Jemima, why do you love Ashes cricket? Uh, I think it's just like two of the best teams in the world having it out. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's so fair. This is such a high quality series yeah. coming up that there's just we could just enjoy it for its cricketing abilities or its rivalry. The quality of players, like watching these amazing players play mm. against each other, it's. I, I prefer a, a game where it's like so tight between the teams rather than, you know, like England versus mm. Ireland. Mm. No offence to the Irish. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not hurt at all. <laughs> uh, Luke, why do you love Ashes cricket? Uh, because of the 2005 uh, Ashes series, mm. it was just great and I've also, I also got it on box set and who watched, doesn't have it on box set I watched right? it growing up so. yeah it's yeah. a it just means so much and Toby this being our last year at University Radio in Nottingham to have an Ashes to finish it is quite quite special isn't it it really is it'll be quite nice well I'm mm. as we mentioned before the women's Ashes are at Trent Bridge Nottingham mm. I'm hoping to go I know Jemima said she's going to mm. try and go 
see if we can get a URN thing with people going maybe it should be a really good series both of them the men's and the women's yeah I think one thing we've really wanted to do is get more people involved in cricket and if you are a cricket fan definitely try and get your friends your family to go watch a T20 one day women's cricket whether even the 100 Toby this is our maybe our final live show and I'm going to just go to, the, to any cricket, support it, no matter what may be. Uh, one thing that was very special that we haven't we haven't mentioned on a podcast since was we took about thirty people down to Trembridge to watch T uh, Twenty cricket as Nottinghamshire got battered by Yorkshire. That was quite special to see everyone come out and just have a good time in the sun watching cricket. It's what we always wanted, and it's quite nice that we ended our sort of time at University Radio Nottingham in that way. Myself and Toby will be back doing podcasts throughout, and obviously listen to the Monty Panesar episode but it's been an absolute blast doing sticky wicks live show there might be another one we can't confirm but it might be the last one so thank you very much for listening and we really do appreciate it um we'll go around the room and just keep it less emotional than i thought i want to hear what's gonna be the champagne moment of the ashes this summer luke what do you think it will be what will you remember this ashes for uh for getting our hopes up and then they've been destroyed (laughs) after the first test (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you Luke you asked for no emotion and that was perfect yeah, <laughs> uh, Jemima uh, I'll come back to me I can't I can't think of one as that quiz has totally ruined you hasn't yeah, it yeah it has actually ruined me Charlotte. Jemima never to be seen again on Sticky <laughs> Wicket um, I think England winning it at the Oval because I think one it'll be like a draw going into it maybe I love that I love it it's 2 2 one, one, whatever it's going to be it's going to be down to the wire and Toby champagne moment this is so tough. I'm going to go with, I reckon, Joe Root hundreds to carry England over, to carry England in, in over, to win the test match, not the series, but a match. Jimmy Anderson's final test, he takes the winning wicket, or hits the winning runs, which he's never done before. That's what I'd love to see. I don't care if it's, he just comes in as a, a night talk, as we now have to call them but I hope he gets to hit the winning runs in this Ashes series. Uh, We're going to finish the show. Thank you so much for listening. This will all be available on StickyWickets underscore URN Instagram, where you can find the podcast link. We've got so many amazing podcasts, and after every test match, we will have a full podcast debrief of what happened in the test. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there, and make sure the heat doesn't get to you. We hope you enjoy the cricket this summer, and we will be with you all the way. (laughs) 